Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for God says, I want you to grow to be, I want you to commit to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. You see, he's in the process of reproducing himself in you. He's doing that. He's right there. And as he does that, as that process is taking place in my life, as he's transforming me, here's what will happen. A follower of Jesus will then be committed to think and to be and to act just like Jesus. God has a purpose in mind for you as a believer in Jesus. And it's more than you might think. Many people think that Christianity is getting a ticket to heaven and that's it. That's not true. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminds us that God is up to something more. Christianity is not just about getting to heaven, but about actually following Jesus Christ. God's desire is to change you into the image and likeness of His Son. Why? Because His Son, Jesus, is the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. He wants you to be too. Follow Christ and you will be changed. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with his continuing study entitled, Why Church? Five Commitments. We're in a war against Satan and sin. Life is not a playground. Right here, Peter is tempted by Satan, and Satan wins, and Peter blows it big time. Can anybody relate to Peter? Anybody? Yes. You can relate to him, can't you? Aren't you glad the church wasn't built on you? Absolutely. It was built on Jesus, who never failed. So in this response, you know what Jesus is saying is when he came to the earth and he started his ministry around 30 a few days after he was baptized, actually immediately after he was baptized, he was taken in the wilderness, and for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan tempted him. Watch this. And Satan said to him, I know you're on the way to the cross, and that's going to cause you to suffer. If you'll just bow down to me right now, I'll give you the world, and you don't have to go to the cross. And what is Peter saying? Here's Jesus getting ready to cross. Peter's right here. Peter, Jesus on his way to cross, and Peter's saying, whoa, 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 you're not going this way. Why does he call him Satan? Because that's exactly what Satan did about two years before. You're not going to the cross. You don't need to go to the cross, Peter says. And what Jesus says to Peter is, get out of my way. I'm going where God told me to go. And Pete, you're in my way. You're a stumbling block in my way. So Jesus gives three corrections to Peter. Now, since you've already admitted that you blow it and I blow it like Peter, these would be three good things to write down. Number one, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me. What is he saying? 
Followers of Jesus, this is very complicated, so let's see if we can follow it. Followers of Jesus follow God. They don't lead God. They don't lead God. Now, to follow means to accept the guidance, the command, the direction from the leader. It simply means to follow. And I'm going to give you a statement, but I want you to understand something this morning. We have complicated Christianity too much. Christianity can just be stated in really two words. Just write it down. Follow me or follow Jesus. That's what Christianity is. Follow me or follow Jesus. It's not complicated. It's a person that you follow. He's the boss. We submit to him, his plan, his rule for our life. That's all it is. It's not complicated. It's not church membership. It's not all this jazz. It's follow me. So followers of Jesus, they follow God. They don't lead. That's what Jesus is trying to say to Pete. Hey, Pete, get out of my way. Quit taking the lead. Get behind me and let me follow through what God chose for me. Number two, he says to Peter, don't be a stumbling block. What is Jesus saying? Followers of Jesus live as stepping stones, not stumbling blocks. Peter had been the stone that was on this foundation with Jesus. Again, one of the many little stones. Now he becomes a stumbling stone. What is a stumbling block? What does that really mean in our lives? You see, when I don't live by God's plan, I stumble other people. Let me give an illustration. If you and I are on this path of life, Other unbelievers are watching our lives. And they're not looking for you to be perfect because there are no perfect believers ever. That's why we need God's grace. But if I'm living this lifestyle, let's say you're having an affair, and the people in the office know it. Now, your wife or husband doesn't know it, but the people in the office know it. And you call yourself again. In fact, you say, I'm going to invite you to church this week. See, you're not a stepping stone for them to come and find out who God is. You're a what? They're going to go, what? You're cheating on your wife? Is that what your church stands for? Oh, yeah, it's okay. God forgives. That's ridiculous. You're sinning. You're not doing God's will. It's very plain. And so Peter, he says, Peter, you got it wrong. You're stumbling people. If you call yourself a believer, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, are you a stumbling block? Or a stepping stone. You can't be both. You can't be both. Then he says, the third correction. He says, Pete, you've been thinking like a man. What does that mean? Followers of Jesus think like God. Now, how did Peter think like a man? Where did the thought, where did the thought come into Peter's mind? Jesus, no. Where did the thought come into his mind? Well, it came from Satan. You see, Satan can influence my mind. The battleground in life is always in the mind. As a man or woman thinks in their heart, so they become. Now, you say, Pastor Mark, what does it mean to think like God? Do I got to go in this little, mm, oh, I got it now? No. Let me show you how complicated this is to think like God. It's very, very, very complicated. And only special people like me can do it. (laughs) 
When you open the Bible and you look inside, any verse, any verse, it's God's mind to you. Any verse, any verse, it's God, this is how God thinks. This is how he thinks. This is the roadmap for life. By the way, I'm glad the roadmap for peace is not decided really by the UN, aren't you? The roadmap for peace is decided right here. And so when you open the word of God, that is God's mind to you. We give you some meat to go on. And as you study it, you're in this process of not thinking like a man or like a woman. You begin to think like God. I understand that Satan is always trying to bombard my mind to make me think like my old Mark Balmer. And it's easy for us to do it. And then Jesus... I love his teachings. He's just said to Peter, get out of my way. But then he positively says this. And in our passage here, it says to his disciples. But in the book of Mark, he says it to the disciples in the whole crowd. If, if anyone will come after me, you got to do three things. If anyone, anyone, Hank at 60, if he now gets it, he can come after Christ. He can begin changing. He can begin transforming. What you have to understand is, is, as we go through this thing called life, anyone can change. That's God's will. Whether you're Hank or Sarah, I've been going through 60 years, and I have these people stop me all the time, and they say this, I've been in a church 40 years, and I learned more in two months than I did in 40 years. Now, sometimes that's all your fault, because you were a Hank. But many times it was our fault as a church because, listen, we never expected people to change. Well, that's not Jesus. He's going to give three keys and he's going to say this. I expect you to become like me. Here's how you do it. So this is a great teaching for you as a Christian and to witness, to say to anybody. People say to you all the time, I'm a believer. Say to them, kindly, if you know them, here's the three keys. Do you match? Does it equal? If it doesn't, then the problem isn't with Jesus. These three keys are not from Calvary Chapel. These are from Jesus. They never changed. They never changed. They're the same today. It's very clear. And so he says in verse 24, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, that's strange because Peter had just said a little while before, I believe in you, Jesus. You are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You ask lots of people today and you say, are you a Christian going to heaven? Absolutely. Why? Well, because I believe in Jesus and he's the Christ. Do you know that Satan believes that? So what Jesus is saying to Pete, Pete, believing is wonderful. You got to believe. You got to confess and you got to believe. But then you have to prove it by living the lifestyle. No, you don't get saved by works, but belief isn't enough. And so we're going to use this term called commitment. Write this definition down. Commitment, an agreement or a promise to do something. The reason we have lots of marriages that are divorcing and separating and splitting today is because the marriage vows that were taken, that said... I, Mark Balmer, take you, Linda, to be my husband, boom, 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 and before God, so help me God, I commit myself to you. Well, no, we don't do that anymore. 
I came by myself until somebody else comes along or the situation's a little better or this doesn't work. Or, no, that's not a commitment. So Jesus says, I'm going to ask you to be a committed disciple. A commitment is an agreement to promise to do something. So what is he really saying to Peter? He's saying this, write this down. Confessing Christ, it's good, but it must also lead to a commitment to follow Christ. And I'll show you what that actually means, how that works out. So he says, yes, you are to confess me. You are to believe in me. But then you kind of have to prove it by following me. And that requires not like, well, maybe. No, a commitment to do it. I promise with your help, God, to do this. Now, let me ask you a question. What is the problem in the church today? The problem in the church today, so-called believers are simply involved. But when it comes to commitment, nah, I don't think so. Jesus is not looking for those kind of people. That will not turn the world upside down. So is the problem with the church that we're just involved? Yes. So we have to learn that there is a difference. God's not interested in part-time people. So we begin, here's the three ways. Very easy for you, we'll go through it quick. Here's three ways to know if you're really a follower of Jesus Christ, if you really are. Jesus says, number one, you got to commit to deny yourself. You have to commit to deny ourselves or yourselves. See, the greatest barrier to following Jesus Christ is not somebody else, it's me. Because the world screams at me. Be numero uno, you're the man. Pamper yourself, indulge yourself, love yourself. Jesus comes along and says, forget that stuff about loving yourself. He says, die to yourself. Quit living for self. Quit making you number one. Put me number one. Jesus says to those who are going to follow him, you can't live independent. You got to deny yourself. You are, here's a term you're going to hear me say, you are to commit to submit. I have to make a commitment to submit to whatever God wants and wherever he leads. Not only do I deny myself, but number two, I have to commit to take up my cross. I have to take up my cross. Now that sounds weird to us today because the cross was a picture of crucifixion. It's not weird. It's not this weird thing that where I nail myself or somebody nails me to a cross. I would do no good because I'm a sinner. I can't provide for any forgiveness for you or mine as well. So what does it mean? Our cross is where God's will crosses my will and God wins. It's just as simple as that. You know a cross is just two pieces of wood. Let me just say with you, God has a will for you. He has a plan for your life. It's in every aspect of your life. By the way, if God has a plan for my life, like is it good? If good is five, and if great is 10, and if poor is zero, what is God's will for your life? It's 10. It's 10. It's the best could ever be. You want to be right in the center of God's will. Now, if I really believe that, then whose will do I want in my life? Well, how does that actually work? Well, here's how it works. Is it very practical? It's very practical. 
in the next few months or whatever, you'll change homes, you'll buy a home, you'll buy a car, you'll be in a school, your kids will head off somewhere, you'll make a business decision. Uh, some of you are dating right now. You're going to make a decision. Uh, some of you are going to make some medical decisions. Some of you are going to make some financial decisions. Some of you are going to make uh, just routine decisions every day of your life. Is God want to be involved in any of those decisions? All of them. Every single one of them. You need to be praying about everything. You're going to go on a vacation somewhere. God already says, don't fly to England. No, not at all. In fact, I'll probably have to go there shortly. Whatever. That's cool, right? See, his will is, is always best. Let's just say it. God's will is always best. Say it again. God's will is always best. All right, let me give you an example. You're not married yet. You're dating. You're a Christian. You call yourself a Christian. You are. You're serving God. But you're dating an unbeliever. Now, do I need to ask what God's will in this situation is? No, I don't say, God, show me. Is she the one? Is he the one? I don't need to show me that. Because the Bible says, remember, this is God's mind to me. The Bible says, don't marry an unbeliever. Because you can't be, une- you're going to be unequally old. Two people, can two people walk together unless they agree? No, you can't. So you can't marry an unbeliever. You say, well, it doesn't say I can't date one. Let me give you a little word of wisdom. I'm going to slap you up the side. <laughs> We're graceful. Very graceful. My dad taught me this a long time ago. If I never date an unbeliever, I'll never marry an unbeliever. Say, well, I can't really give her or him up. See, that's my will. When my will crosses God's will, there's only one way this works. If your will crosses God's will and you win, you're in trouble. It will cause you heartache, it will cause you disaster. Well, maybe not right away, but it will. So Jesus says you have to take up your cross. My cross is where my will crosses God's will. I already know his will is best for me. So his will always wins. I hope that burns into your heart. My will doesn't work. I've been there, haven't you? People that married an unbeliever. And months later they come in and go, I thought it would work. God's plan says it doesn't work. It's very practical. It's not weird stuff. It's everything where we live. Well, I want to buy this car. Already in debt, four credit cards. I'm going to go out and buy this new thing now. Now's the time to do it and whatever. No, you're foolish. You're foolish. God's word speaks to it. Number three. By the way, look at this verse. Paul says, I'll do it very quickly. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I live my life in the earthly body by trusting in, committing to the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. So number one, I deny myself. Number two, I take up my cross. In other words, I just yield to his will. I just submit to his will. And number three, I commit to follow Jesus. Here's the key, daily. It's a lifestyle. Follow me is a command. It means to walk the exact same road. So as you and I think about that, the original language tells us that it's a lifestyle. The original language says this, keep on denying yourself, keep on taking up your cross, and keep on following me. It's a lifestyle. Now, those are the three keys that show us what a relationship with God should be like. Following Jesus requires radical obedience 24-7. It's a lifestyle. Change. You mean, Pastor Mario... My wallet is going to affect my wallet? Who gave you your wallet? Do you got it? You have to see this. 
It has to make sense to you. This is the lifestyle that he called for. It's not doing my deal. It's not doing your deal. It's doing his deal. It's the best style. The bread, the fish, they multiply. You mean God can bring abundance in my life? Yes. We've missed it. As we walk out, we say, see you next week, Jesus. That's not it. And that's why the world isn't turned upside down. Because during the week, we are not involving him in our decisions. It's my way. Life can't be lived that way. It can't be lived that way. It can only be lived by denying myself, taking up my cross, following him. That's where life is. Look back at that verse 24. The first word is this, if, if. Nobody forces you to follow. Nobody forces you to become a a believer. No one. It's a choice. It's a choice that requires you to go, you mean, you mean this is what's going to be required? Yeah. You see, there's too many Hanks in the church. There's too many Sarahs in the church. God says, I want you to grow to be, I want you to commit to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. You see, he's in the process of reproducing himself in you. He's doing that. He's right there. And as he does that, as that process is taking place in my life, As he's transforming me, here's what will happen. A follower of Jesus will then be committed to think and to be and to act just like Jesus. As I become more like him, I will be acting character, thinking mind, doing ministry just like Jesus. Now, what does a growing believer, follower of Jesus, look like? What does this maturing, reproducing, exciting follower of Jesus look like? We saw what a donut looked like. We saw what a pet looked like. What does a a growing Christian look like? I want to leave you with one picture, and then we're through. When Jesus stepped into ministry, he went to the Sea of Galilee be interesting to see what the Sea of Galilee looks like the next time I'm back. But it was very peaceful in his day. Can you remember the day that Jesus called you to become a follower? I can. I was five. Oh, I didn't understand all the jazz. But as I began to watch my mom and dad, I knew that it was more than just to be involved. I've always asked God to help me be committed to being a follower. Some of you today are sick and tired of being a Hank or a Sarah. Church, it's time to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus Christ. We're in the process of changing this world, and we need every single one of you. Jesus has a mission. It starts now. And if you'll come along, and you'll change your ways, you'll see incredible miracles. Many Christians don't understand that Christianity is more than just going to heaven someday or being involved in church. It's about being committed. In today's message, Pastor Mark challenged us to take some key commitments as Christians. He explained that commitment is an agreement or promise to do something. 
And then he talked about the commitment to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. So are you committed? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. We all love to celebrate birthdays, weddings, anniversaries. We all have things to celebrate. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark talks about what it means to celebrate as Christians and how to live a fulfilling Christian life. We first have to be willing to deny ourselves. It will cost us to follow Jesus, but it will cost us more not to. Ironically, life is found by losing our ideas, our plans, our lives for Christ. Are you truly living? You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons for